Welcome back to Black O'Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for another episode of the amazing adaptation of Sandman Season 1, Episode 4, A Hope in Hell, written by Austin Guzman, directed by Jamie Childs. I'm not even sure I should be saying Season 1 because there's no indication that there's going to be a Season 2 or there was ever a decision to go forward to season two um nor am i hearing anything about that and that's okay i uh haven't read the second companion piece to this so i am not quite sure well with the exception of one or two things exactly how things end but i do think that part one does set up a lot of things for part two with the exception of corinthian being a much active uh, participant in this first half before we jump into the recap wherever you listen to this podcast stitcher apple podcast uh, amazon spotify do me a favor go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review uh, my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe this week we follow two particular story arcs both of them were very compelling visually stunning this is the favorite episode of the season thus far i gave it a 10 out of 10 i i felt the book coming to life this was another one of my particularly like story arcs with some changes that i think are going to change the trajectory with uh, a few things in this back half of the season that i was excited to see because it changes the stakes and then we have this other arc that went far more (laughs) um what's the word i want to use uh positively (laughs) immersive than than uh than the one in the book so two huge changes for completely different reasons let's start with with john d and rosemary he's wandering around he's uh slipped off his slipper slipped out of his slipper is what i mean to say and he's very oblivious to the fact that traffic when it's coming at you is not expecting a person in the middle of the road everyone else almost hits him and basically gives him the bird but rosemary bless her little soul stops and is instantly empathetic she helps him find his slipper he says he doesn't really know where he is she says she'll give him a ride even though he's a complete stranger and this is exactly why as a single female no matter how big your heart is you do not give rides to strangers you gonna learn today 
especially those that look like they mentally ill he's like i'm not dressed for the occasion she's like oh i wish i could wear my pajamas all the time i do too you don't catch me well actually i do be out in public (laughs) from running down to the store i may be in but the point of it is you wouldn't know they're my pajamas i at least have the the decency to make it look like some acceptable loungewear but i suppose if we're we're being honest still pajamas (laughs) so you got me beat there show you got me beat so she offers him a ride to mayhew she's like oh that's on my way home that looked far as hell where are you driving from ma'am in the middle of the night they start striking up a conversation in which he admits that he recently lost his mother she's very sorry for said loss he says well she wasn't really a good person it's like how so oh well she was a thief she laughs because she thinks that's uh made up but he's like no she used to steal jewelry identities that's why we moved around so a lot art she was actually terrible and lied to me and kept things from me i'm still processing some things from her recent passing rosemary shares that her mother uh is not so great either because she watches cable tv all day it's kind of messed up that her pet rock roller rosie was all keen on this person didn't sense that their master was in distress especially after john continues to bring up the fact that he was locked up for some years you know on account of the chaos because she's like why did she forgive you oh you know for murdering people what what the fuck looks like i made a mistake unfortunately she realizes too late that she has picked up an escaped (laughs) murderer who is psychologically not okay as he starts to talk about his rhetoric about human beings in general because she says that maybe she was trying to protect you and he said spoken just like a mother and realizes she has two children two girls it's like would you lie to your children that was she he was giving you so many red flags and you was up there smiling <laughs> looking through the mirror i love how this was filmed though as the as the uh impending doom starts to settle on her as she realized the full the full stakes that she finds herself in driving someone who is probably going to hurt her so she says the thing about the protection then he talks about how people are just selfish and they're not able to think about their own better uh they can't help but put themselves for first or whatever he was talking about it was crazy it's definitely crazy talk she tries to reach for her phone ever so subtly so she can call 911 but almost runs them off the road and she recovered very quickly by saying oh the phone slipped because she did have the map quest directions up so he starts to think something is wrong but he doesn't fully catch on because she's been so nice to him up until this point 
that he is oblivious to the fact that he is terrifying the shit out of her <laughs> i'm in danger you always gotta fear the ones that talk ever so casually about their crazy ideas the most because they don't even they have no they have no uh awareness of how lunatic they sound she asked if they could stop for gas despite being very close to full and he's like yeah sure no problem it's your car it's your life you do what you're gonna do but she knows she has to ask because if she makes any sudden moves that might freak him the hell out she gets to the gas station i felt so terrible for her because she was stuck between a rock and a hard place part of her felt that this person is probably very uh very misunderstood (laughs) like there's something almost uh harmless about him despite his rhetoric as she uh is contemplating her next move because there's someone in the gas station as she's at the pump and she decides that she needs to go and prepay and on the facade of i'm still not afraid of you she asks is there anything i can get for you he says no no but then decides to jump out and join her because as he's put it he's been locked up for 30 years what did you do (laughs) she said in prison no a mental institute crazy motherfucker named Joe. they both go into the gas station she considers her options on how she's gonna communicate to the attendant without getting the attention of john she's like get it get whatever you want my tree she just grabbing shit she grabbed some cheetah <laughs> some of those uh cheez it's she grabbed some uh yoho's put it up at the counter and she's like look the person i'm with is an escape person from a mental institution that's also a murderer he's like are you fucking kidding with me no i am not can you please call 911 now help me help me nigga i was thinking girl you got the keys to the damn car run bitch run john hears and susses out what's going on he puts on his protection amulet he grabs rose and he says we need to leave the guy's like no uh we're gonna wait for the police to come here and then you can explain yourself he says don't point that gun at me because you're gonna hurt yourself and unfortunately he does and all we see is the explosion and hear rosemary scream as uh we all can predict that that bullet went into his own skull killing him and then this has to really freak rose out because it feels in this moment he has some supernatural ability they get back in the car he's like i wish you hadn't done that he's sitting in the front seat now she says are you gonna hurt me he's like are you taking me to my ruby she's like yeah then i have no reason to hurt you unless you make me they then get to the warehouse he locates the ruby he tells her that she is uh well after he locates the ruby he goes back out he says what are you still doing here and i said exactly run she says i know i'm gonna regret this but 
cannot take you somewhere is she thinking in that moment you know maybe if i continue to be useful to him he won't kill me or is she thinking possibly and less likely hey if i keep him distracted maybe i can convince him to turn himself in or keep other people out of danger but i think the first part was probably more likely and uh, he says you're a good person but unfortunately good people don't survive in this world and she thinks he's about to kill her and she makes a plea at least don't hurt rosie which is the dog and he gives her the protection amulet which uh is uh going to be important and i think the reason why he had it i'm pretty sure he did not have that protection amulet because it was it was taken away and that's how sykes got it and then she did have it I, i don't remember i don't recall but it definitely is something he would need in his coming battle but he no longer has in this act of kindness or mercy if you will by him saying uh because she he had asked her specifically do you lie to your children and she said it was my husband that lied after 10 years of marriage i found out he had another wife and another child and i think lying is the worst thing you could do to another human being and i think that really resonated with him because it validated how he felt even though his mother was trying to protect him she still lied to him and she is uh basically making him feel better in that uh in that emotion and i think because she would never lie to her children and the fact that she continues against all odds to show this kindness he gives her the protection amulet like you don't have to fear anyone including me and then he walks away because he says i have my ruby anyway and that i'm going to change the world for the better he is imagining himself as a as a savior as a hero of some kind he wants to remake the world in his image but lord what an image that is it's very distorted dream is gonna have his hands full with john d speaking of the lord of dreams kaiku we finally get to hell i've been looking forward to seeing the visualization of hell and they did not disappoint at all the blood seeping through the concrete the stone carvings of human people the trees made of agonizing humans the barrenness the cold as uh matthew says i didn't expect hell to be so cold nor did i (laughs) i loved his indignance at you have to bring your own fire in hell that's fucked up like that's so much worse the psychological torture i really like what Patton oswell is doing with matthew as it stated earlier i wasn't quite sure on how this pairing would match up but it's been brilliant thus far uh his commentary is definitely the comedic relief and he is a good source of explaining to the audience and not a to a tellish type of way of what exactly is going on 
they make their well he says uh there's rules and there's protocols i know lucifer morning star but you know uh (laughs) this is the most powerful being in the universe with the exception of the creator and thus he is a little trepidatious about going into the lion of the beast only having his sand and his incredible balls his arrogance and his uh, way of bluffing his way with said arrogance goes a long way in this type of realm which that would make sense right uh he really owes oh i'm blanking on the name right now lucian a huge thank you because cindy matthew with him has been to his uh to his credit so they start to follow the prisoners into hell but they can't go into hell because he has not been invited and you need to be invited into others realm so he is given from the stone people a a uh i don't even know mallet to hit the the gong to announce his arrival the gates or at the gates comes uh a demon oh i forgot his name that sucks but he he likes to to spit raps he's a rapper i like big butts and i cannot lie you other brothers can't deny he tells them who he is i'm the lord of dreams and i am a a respected and honored guest and you better not be disrespecting me what you gonna do something with your ruby you want to find out he opened up that gate real quick however lucifer morningstar already knew and prepared for said guests uh we find out the story of and they revisit the story of how lucifer was once an angel not only any angel though the most beautiful wisest uh angel out there before being tossed from hell uh this is when there's a uh, talk of its power and as they are going through hell we see uh the forest as i already mentioned then they start to go up this mountain and he says this is not the way and he kind of makes a you don't say when we finally hear what i've been <laughs> premonitioning for three episodes straight which is kaiku kaiku and the lord of dreams is stopped immediately arrested by a great amount of emotions as he turns and sees a beautiful black woman in the uh, window in hell who uh says is it really you he says nada yes it is i and he is transformed into a young black man and this very much reminds me of watchmen how uh 
oh i forgot his name already too (laughs) i can't do names today but how he pretty much took on the appearance of an african-american man because that was what his partner was most comfortable uh viewing upon basically what are you most comfortable which comfortable skin are you you get what i'm saying right so uh so we see him through her eyes and uh she says to free her and uh, he says i cannot do that she says do you not still love me and he says it's been ten thousand years as she cries and he says yes i still love you but i have not forgiven you they did a really good job of giving matthew the raven some really good side eyes excuse me bitch she says i will never give up on you this seems to affect him deeply but he continues on and says that they have definitely intended to torture me he uh tells matthew who inquires so who was that what's that story and he says that she was the uh, leader of the first peoples and that they were in love and he finds out that the reason why she's in hell is because he put her there because she uh she what was the word he used she defied him i love you bitch oh my god i ain't gonna never stop loving you i'm pretty sure they're gonna explore that story so i'm not even gonna talk about it even in the spoiler section (laughs) they continue on and they finally get to hell i love the huge entrance into lucifer's uh castle once he gets in there he meets mazikeen which fans of the show lucifer which i never watched nor was a fan of saw that character reimagined in that series lucifer is played by gwendolyn christie christie i believe uh who many know from game of thrones she is in all white i love that and then we see the transition to black when it comes time to be in combative mode it's a reflection of the angel uh it or she if we want to say she once was uh we see her her wings and she says hello hello lord of dreams have you come to join your realm with mine and he declines deciding to stay out of that even though she thinks that eventually she's going to consume all of the realms uh he says look i've come because i need my helm he doesn't really ask though you know this he just demands shit my realm's here i want it back now daddy chill he doesn't know which demon has his helm because she's like you know there's rules there's protocols something was mentioned earlier i need to use that in my book i was writing that down i was like you know what some things don't need to be going into in depth just know that there are rules and there are protocols <laughs> i think that's a brilliant device um so she summons all the demons which we see outside and he says i have no need for uh because she's like what should we interview them one by one 
definitely trying to make it more difficult but he says no i don't have any need for that that would be uh, you know i'm not gonna be desperate or feel desperate begins walking away uh Mazikeen and lucifer exchange looks and she says oh i didn't think you would be so uh so keen to give up quite so easily one of your tools so we know how important those tools are to you they're also aware of the fact that he's been imprisoned by mortals thinking this would change his mind about joining with lucifer he also or she also throws out i keep wanting to say he because we're also we're so inclined to seeing lucifer as a man so i do like the gender bent role here he says you know uh i was able to bring something of the dream world into hell which was his sand which is how he got to hell in the first place and this is able or allows him to identify the demon who has his helmet which is chronozone chronozone that's what i got he's like look i won this fair and square for a paltry thing at that tosses that in his face like shit this powerful thing i got it basically on discount (laughs) and he says i don't want to give it up and if you want it back you know the rules you have to challenge me in single combat if you win you get your helmet back but if you lose you're my slave in hell for all eternity what did he say he agrees to the terms uh and decides to name himself and the fight but you can allow for a champion to fight for you and chronozone chronozone whatever his name is uh decides to to switch things up because he can tell that his master is not too pleased (laughs) uh to have had him called out uh because he was able to locate him because it would have been much harder and uh, decides to allow sire to take his place i love the transition to the black outfits how lucifer towers over dream i love how the battle went down it's a battle of basically uh tossing obstacles that you must overcome at the other so they can conjure things like what it feels like to have a supernova thrown at you or to have the universe or matter and your anti-matter i love the visualizations of how they changed in this uh in this particular fight it's pretty damn awesome just not gonna lie about that jess's dream though is almost defeated because he tries to get matthew to leave once again um and he says look we came here to take care of business and we ain't leaving until business is taken care of you can't get rid of me bitch i'm not going nowhere i'm not going no fucking where and it's a good thing because he needed something in that moment which matthew gave him which inspired him because it's the one thing that cannot be overcome which is hope but i love the uh, the pep talk that he gave him with uh <laughs> that matthew gave him like i know the lord of dreams would not let his raven die 
uh, or be a prisoner in hell for all of eternity you have a care about the realm and the people in your realm and that is something that is uh unique about you which means you have you're aware of something that would defeat lucifer morningstar which is the the hope part and he wins the duel he wins the helm back from chronozone even though chronozone didn't want to give it up mazikeen had to go over and take care of business i love the design of mazikeen the missing eye that was ghoulish i love the practical effects uh he's tossed into the demons below probably uh to be embarrassed later on at the at the local pub whatever the local pub looks like in hell dream thanks lucifer for being honorable he won't forget this she's like honorable who the fuck said you was gonna leave fuck you she said you have absolutely no power here and he says that might be true but imagine what would happen to your power if demons lost their ability to dream dream of getting to heaven get the fuck out my house that checkmate came with an enemy that i don't think you want to have because that's an eternal type of fucking enemy and we've made it very clear in this episode that you are not top of the totem pole when it comes to <laughs> your place in the the universe there is mention of his siblings uh death desire no we have not heard desire we've heard death despair maybe we did hear desire no i feel like we heard another d but uh (laughs) i wonder now because we know that those can align with hell if any of them have that's a good question it's a very good question he ends up leaving hell with his helmet and his sand he goes and locates his ruby i love when matthew's like can you even see in there yes i also love uh, matthew's reaction when he heard about the stakes like oh you gotta be a, a slave to a demon in hell forever and ever forever ever forever ever ever Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Alright then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. They go directly to the ruby. However, it doesn't take long for him to realize something is wrong it's been altered and he is knocked back knocked out by the blast of the ruby john comes in doesn't even notice the lord of dreams unconscious and picks it up and leaves uh matthew is like come on dude you gotta shake it off you got you gotta shake it off guys getting away with your ruby this is bad but it can't be any worse than going up against lucifer we'll figure it out seriously somebody get me some smelling salts because this motherfucker is out wake up motherfucker 
And that is the conclusion of our episode as stated i think this is a triumph i am very much looking forward to the rest of this season and let's transition into the mailbag what up cena it's mimi this is feedback for the sandman season one episode four this was a really good episode once again i really enjoyed uh this uh the sandman entering lucifer's realm i i loved that they used um what was her name brianne i believe it was brianne from uh the game of thrones I remember when I first laid eyes on Lucifer, I was like, why they got this woman on stilts? Um, and then they got up close. I was like, oh my God, I recognize that face. Like, I know who that is. Like, it was like on the tip of my tongue. As soon as she spoke, I was like, oh shit, that's her. I remember looking at her like she has got to be one of the tallest women I've ever seen on TV. Like, usually women that are like 5'10", 5'11", are considered tall, like Megan Thee Stallion, but she, I looked up her height, she's 6'3", and freaking gorgeous, like, even now, like, you know, usually they say black don't crack, and it's not always, you know, universal for other ethnicities and races, I'll just leave it at that, but she's actually aging really well, she looks the same as she did on the Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones ended, what, like, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago? Um, and I think she's um, in her, like, late 40s, early 50s. She looks really good. Um, and I don't know anything about the books. Uh, I should say the graphic novel. Um, but I definitely love this depiction of Lucifer. I know you didn't like the television show Lucifer for whatever reason, but I fucking love that that show. Like, it just gave Lucifer a different kind of take to me, and that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed it. Um, because I hate <laughs> in religion how everyone blames the devil for everything. It's like, you made those choices. Like, I don't understand. Like, if the devil is corrupting mankind how come all humans don't act like that so that's one of the reasons why i enjoyed the television show lucifer and mezzakeen was one of the characters in lucifer the show that i watched and mezzakeen was in uh this show i thoroughly enjoyed her she looked terrifying the mezzakeen um on lucifer was a pretty beautiful looking black woman so you know we didn't see her look like a demon very often so <laughs> seeing like half like a demon face and the other half like a beautiful black woman had me like cracking up i was like <laughs> so they uh they they decided to give me my beautiful black queen but also a demon i ain't even mad i i thought that was actually pretty clever um i don't know who I don't think I ever look at like designers or like costumes and stuff. I would assume like makeup artists, like, but it's worth giving a gander because that, that was actually pretty clever and I enjoyed that little tiny sliver of creativity. Um, I 
uh, we'll discuss uh, Morpheus's uh, part more because it is, I enjoyed it. Um, I I was interested in um, John with what was her name, Rosemary. I was interested in that storyline, but I just for the life of me don't know why they chose the black woman it just seems like a woman just in general just seems very like what's the likelihood of you pick i would never pick up a, a random ass man and sometimes even when i see women i have trust issues i don't trust anyone even like if i see a crying baby and it's a white baby i have to set like second guess myself like or i should have to stop myself from like being like no that somebody trying to set me up that baby ain't lost someone's trying to it's you know I, i'm very untrustworthy and i don't know if it's just my life <laughs> has taught me not to be trusting of people but i just find it hard to believe that storyline just seems crazy like and then in the route she went she went so I'll, I'll talk about that it probably won't be as long as uh the morpheus scene um, because I really, I really enjoyed where the storyline was. I loved all the imagery, <laughs> the squatter bloat, <laughs> when he called him my clown. I was like, so you just gonna play this man in his face? I was like, okay. And just, I like the way Morpheus was like, he's like a, how can I, he's like a, like a quiet authority. And I, and I, and I think I like that depiction because it's not something you see like when you think of a king it's not something you you think of like he has his way where he words things but he doesn't like emote to like rage or anger like it, he looks pretty stoic like most of the time so his emotions are are his his facial expressions are pretty much the same no matter what emotion he's going through he doesn't get like a high like he doesn't seem like oh like oh i'm so offended right now how dare you and he's like angry about it like he you could tell he means it but it's not like him raging and i thought that was different and i liked it um i love the imagery and then i loved uh the scene where we we saw him with it's nada and kakoi kai I, I wrote the name down, but now I don't remember how to pronounce it. I should have wrote it down how it sounds, <laughs> so I would remember it. But I did look that up. I haven't had a chance to read it yet because the damn blurb that I found was long as hell. It's like this story is gonna be a real story, so I'm gonna need some time. Um, I gotta go to work, so I didn't have time to watch the, the show and read that blurb. But I definitely want to look that up. So. Um, you know, it seems like a very interesting story. He gave us a very condensed bullet point story plot. Like he, like she defied you, but you're not gonna tell us how she did it and why and what was so bad. Like what did she do that was so bad that she put her in hell for ten thousand years? Like I'm gonna need some answers. And she's still in love with him, and she still wants him to forgive. And she, he's still over her. Like that's crazy to me. Ten thousand years. And that explains why he hasn't forgiven her because he's still in love with her. That's a long time to be, like, just in love with someone and angry with them. Like, Jesus. I know you said, Christina, that you don't, um, that you don't like, try to, like, you only try to say things that you see up front. But I, I feel like you had this knowledge and 
when we were seeing episode one where he told the little boy who is now a grown-ass old man um, you know no like he still wouldn't talk to him and he wouldn't say okay I won't hurt you and you were like he you know that's gonna be a flaw like I think you kind of told us he was like this but there was no like this for all we knew episode one was the first time he ever held a grudge like we didn't we didn't know about this but this shows that he can hold a grudge so of course a hundred years ain't shit to you if you can hold a grudge for ten thousand so yeah morpheus is like i thought i held grudges this motherfucker can hold a grudge like i don't know what she did but clearly you came out on top so whatever it was it didn't like uh you didn't die <laughs> she didn't kill you so it must have been pretty terrible but whatever it was i need to know and he didn't tell us so that's why i looked it up i don't know what it is and i don't know if you're going to go over it in your uh during the podcast and the recap but i definitely want to know and i'm very interested but i love the way his face changed and you could tell that they were like from the same tribe you know it, it was it was pretty cool and I'm very interested uh, in you know learning I hope we get more of that because I mean the Sandman it makes sense like that's probably the only like there's probably different names for him well I know there is there's different names for him in different cultures and different uh, areas around the world I'm sure in certain like in you know in the United States depending on like when you what year you're from you know where you grew up there's probably all kinds of different names so it's cool and it just it just means that the I guess the Morpheus we see is probably not really what Morpheus looks like maybe he looks different to different people and that's what I always felt about when people talk about God it's like maybe God isn't really God maybe God is whoever you worship I don't know it's just one of those things I always thought about um, what else did I like? I love their, like, the fight that they had. I thought they were going to be, like, going fisticuffs, like, it's going to be a battle, like, of, like, brute force, like, fighting, but it was, like, like, magic, like, and, and brains. It's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm a, a wolf, and, like, I'm a snake, and then it went to, like, bacterium earth and then anti-life anti-life it's like damn like it seems like <laughs> you gotta be uh clever enough to think of something that can beat their the opponent's like choices i don't know i wasn't expecting that it was pretty cool and very intriguing um and uh the demon that actually had his helm being petty and be like it's mine i don't want to give it back like what is it even for were you using it properly <laughs> whatever um and then uh the last scene was when he finally got his ruby and now i understand why he was collecting his uh trinkets in the order that he did it made sense because he was using them to find each other um but as soon as he touched the ruby he knew it was something wrong with it and i'm just trying to understand how the fuck did john alter it like if it's a supernatural like thing like what kind of powers does he have he's probably 
better than his dad. Um, and then he was in that assailant's island for 30 years. Like, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. I thought, I didn't realize. And, you know, when you said D.C., I just assumed when I saw those guards with those fucking, fucking rifles that he was in Arkham. <laughs> I'm glad you confirmed it, but I just assumed that that's where he was because everybody escapes that place. Um, I don't even know why they don't just burn it down and build a new one in a different place city because Gotham's trash um, um and since on that note we might as well go back to John where he meets Rosemary who sees a random stranger with no shoes on wearing pajamas and she thinks it's a good idea to drive him really far away I don't know how long that ride was but if it wasn't up the street I don't like you're gonna be in a car with a cliche like granted you have a Rottweiler Susie but she didn't look very vicious um and I was like oh, okay that's why she's willing to help because she has a Rottweiler but that that dog was was chilling the whole ride my dog's a freaking miniature poodle and he'd have been turned look like facing that damn uh man like barking the entire fucking car ride like my dog's a punk but he wouldn't have known that based off his attitude so the way Susie was just chilling and not even on guard let me know Susie wasn't the kind of Rottweiler that I was expecting her to be. So it just it boggles my mind that a, like, a woman would, like, yes, yeah, she's a good person, but, like, good people will die in a situation like this doing something fucking crazy. And then, like, once you make that choice to, to um, be in a car with a complete stranger and he openly tells you he's a murderer. And he says, I, I murdered those people who weren't good, but you're a good person. Like, right now, my mind, I would be on complete high alert. And the easiest route to me is to drive the fastest to get this motherfucker where he needs to be. Because right now, he doesn't seem like a threat. Now, I'm not saying that this is exactly what I would do because I've never been in a situation like this. Because I don't put myself in situations like this. But I'm just saying, like, me thinking out loud based off the situation and the way that I am, this is what I would think trying to get like call the police like when he's a fucking a, a half a foot away from me in the back seat seems like a fucking terrible idea and going to the gas station where he's with me now i i get her trying to get into the gas station and have them but once he came with her she should have that that plan should have been aborted he is not far away and this motherfucker is loud as hell on the phone. Like, when he was getting water, she could have easily jumped in her car and drove the fuck off. There was a lot of plans that she could have done. And what she did was terrible. Her her actions were dumb. I would have just drove the motherfucker where he was going as fast as I could. Hopefully speeding. Maybe I'll get pulled the fuck over. And in that circumstance, like, if I get pulled over, then, then I'm going to tell the police. Can you please uh, help me? This motherfucker is escaped from a some type of uh prison and he openly admitted that he committed murder and i don't want to be in here with him she had no way of knowing he had that charm so i'm not even going to put that in the equation but her all of her plans were fucking stupid when you make a choice to get in a car with a complete stranger you you need to have better survival skills and i thought my girl rosemary was going to have better survival skills once she figured it out and she was scared but she didn't so you know 
just the whole that whole storyline like I get where it was going and I appreciate it allowing us to, to learn what he has been up to and why he ended up you know in the situation that we came across him um, in but just it just seemed uh, it just screamed I didn't like this plan it was unre or I didn't like this uh, casting <laughs> but I do like when brown people and black people get roles so I'm gonna just I'm just gonna allow it um, but it, the story itself was very interesting so don't, don't I don't take away points at all I just tell you how I felt as the story plot unfolded um, oh crap I've been talking for a long time so I'm gonna go ahead and end it until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch with me that was queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode so uh, a lot of points I agreed with I don't think black people can't make the same mistakes as white people or any other race of people can't make some of the same stupid decisions and thus while on one hand I do want to say well of course black people would be smarter than that that would also I feel be asinine to say (laughs) because there's always that one (laughs) and we have to maybe accept that there's this is Rosemary is that one but at the same time this is a racially bent character as well and so i think people are i i I think i'm i think we mentioned this in westworld as well or i did anyway uh about me still struggling because i still struggle with it too i ain't gonna lie because there is a few things she did that did make no damn sense to me talking about don't kill my dog i don't care what happens to me bitch you got two kids what do you mean you don't want to see them walk down the aisle you don't want to see them live no fuck the dog don't kill me please don't kill me i have two children i need to be there for them they need their mother that's what you should have said out of your mouth (laughs) and i can't see any black female parent not doing the same that's actually a good black female parent so i i too go back and forth with uh the new idea that's supposed to be better and politically correct of accepting that you know uh to get more of us having jobs that means that we're going to have to take roles that may not authentically seem like uh the reaction of and we also need to have to maybe stop putting all black people on pedestals lord knows i am guilty of that a lot like a lot a lot and i have a knee-jerk reaction to ship all interracial people that could possibly be a couple i realize this is my bias i am owning it and i am working (laughs) to be better on uh not allowing it to take over a whole experience but um i I think i do pretty okay with that part except that i still knee-jerk and want to ship them anyway Uh, so you make a lot of good points about rosemary and her situation what she really should have done um about the fact that you're picking someone up anyway and and i think you made the best point if it's down the street even if you are the kindest soul in the world that's understandable but fucking 15 miles that seems that even if it's on your way home that seems a bit and why are you 15 miles away from home that doesn't seem realistic for anyone but maybe i don't know they was in britain and that i might concede (laughs) 
uh the battle with uh and it just came to me as you i was listening to you with in hell that psychological battle felt like the ultimate rock paper scissors did it not and yes i accept i probably foretold that he does hold grudges and i try my best on that i know i have to check myself with vikings all the time i'll go back and i'm like fuck i did kind of give something away there didn't i and at the time i really don't think that i am doing it so when i do call me out so i can be more aware of it (laughs) as you did do um but anyone else definitely because i am not infallible and uh i do realize afterwards too like uh, yeah i probably said more than i needed to say in that moment and the fact that i kept saying kaiku for three episodes straight (laughs) no no one unless you read the books well no i wasn't gonna do a spoiler section and go over that but since you're demanding it i'll go over it briefly i won't give you everything but i'll give you some things uh hmm uh hitchhiking in general is silly is something i wrote down in my notes uh true he's just uh yeah we're talking about lucifer that's very true lucifer is an entity he's just reaping the rewards of your terrible life choices (laughs) everyone is tempted everyone doesn't fall into temptations Uh, i'm sure to some extent uh, and that's why i don't like organized religion because they just make it they, they they just make it very black and white but uh but, but yeah <laughs> if there were an entity of the universe that was lucifer it would only you know the the the, the very transparent about what happens if you go this particular rate and if you're only getting people that rather deserve to be there than then why why would i think lucifer is the horrible one and lastly yes gwendolyn christie thank you for reminding me her name was brianne is absolutely and utterly gorgeous at full six six three i'd climb that in a heartbeat even at 40 however age she looks great i would never have thought she was 40 um and i think that's all i have to say in regards if you want to listen in in the spoiler section because i will be discussing just a few things different in this episode from the book and then we'll just do a little brief about kaiku and that whole story arc uh you can can definitely check that out after we listen to our last bit of feedback from queen shy hey christina it's me shy um I'm here to give feedback for the Sandman episode four. I know I didn't, I said I wasn't going to um, provide any cause I didn't remember much and that's still true. I did go back and just look at so the beginning just to see if that'll jog my memory cause I wasn't gonna have time to watch the whole thing. And yes, this is the one where he, um, Dreamer and Matthew go to hell to confront Lucifer uh, to get uh, his um, mask. So I do remember that and him ending up fighting some dude or challenging some dude and then they get, they pick a proxy or somebody to fight on their behalf and Dreamer uh, elected himself to fight and then the other guy elected Lucifer and Lucifer was supposed to have been this all powerful, all knowing um 
entity or person or demon or whatever and so they were like picking different like like trying to up each other on the different things that like this tops this this tops this this tops this (laughs) so it was a battle of the minds um which was very interesting um to say the least and then we see that matthew indeed came in handy as um which is we're seeing why it's important for him to have um a raven by his side um because in this in this case matthew he's he's um been very useful the last couple of episodes to um dreamer so um he says hope he gives him the idea of hope and then we get the and now the 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 whole hope trumps all hope is something that's infinite and you cannot uh distinguish um and um there there you have it so with that he got his mask and he was able to uh, move on and in that i remember him like going by some lady named nada and i'm not quite sure he's in I'm not quite sure what that was about. He said they were in love in another life, but then he looked like another person. So does he take different forms? Is that something that you're able to tell? Because I was kind of confused as to why he looked like a black guy (laughs) when um, she was talking to him. So that was interesting. Um, And then what else happened? Oh, yeah, the dude. uh, What's his name? John? Um, the the guy that got the protection thing from his mom before she died, uh, I think that's his name. Um, he gets uh, this woman picks him up, uh, and it's like, oh my gosh, all I could think about the whole time, you know, once she, because obviously we know that he's not all right in the head, and so <laughs> I was like, first of all, there is no way in hell I'm picking up some stranger that is in pajamas and acting like he don't know what time it is and putting him in my car and then telling them and apparently this drive it ain't close so it's not happening just not happening and then of course along the way you know he's giving her this story telling them about her life telling her about his life i should say and it's getting creepier and creepier and scarier and scarier and deadlier and deadlier as he talks and to the point where she's like, oh shit, uh, I may have stepped in it this time. And so she tries to, uh, on the down low, um, call for help. And, you know, he's just all in his story and all in his memories and, you know, all of that stuff that he's not noticed the, the, the uh, climate in the room had changed just a tad. And then I'm like, why would you not think that she would be not okay once you start talking about murdering people? <laughs> like, who in their right mind would be like, oh, you murdered somebody. Oh, that's so interesting. That is so engaging. I'm not scared at all. So I thought that was just, he's just like, he's so oblivious <laughs> to all. And so, so we have that. And he's trying to get his ruby. Um, so Dreamer had the, so he has the sand and he has the mask. And so now he has an idea where the ruby is. 
and him and Matthew go to the Ruby, um, but it's been altered to where it hurts him and knocks him out. And so um, John, I hope I'm saying his name right. I think it's John. Um, he gets there and takes the Ruby and um, gives the woman who came back after, I mean, surprisingly, uh, just after he murdered, well, again, it's like, you, you know, the, the, the store guy tries to shoot him and yeah, we know the story of how that's gonna go. Um, so she she stayed, that's what it was. She stayed when he went inside the storage because that was her opportunity. I thought she was like, peace, as soon as <laughs> he went inside because that's that she fulfilled her, her duty um, to get him there. But nope, she stuck around and waited till he came out and he re- rewarded her with the protection thing and yeah, let her know, hey, I can't kill you because you have it. And so I thought that was nice, but I don't know if, if I'm sticking around for that. So I guess I'm going to be one of those people that's going to be uh, constantly vulnerable because I don't I was I would have been gone. I'm just I'm just being honest. I'm not sticking around. I don't know this dude. He's talking about murdering people. He's talking about, he, we saw him, some person in the store go, the store clerk person go kaplat. So I'm not, it's not happening. Uh, I mean, to me, that seems unrealistic that she's stuck around, but that's just me. Um, so, cause she doesn't know that he has that and gonna give it to her. And so her opportunity to escape was right there, but it ended up, and her benefit so we'll go with that um so that's what i remember most about the this episode is that that car ride and it just kept getting ominous and ominous and so i was like oh my gosh he's gonna kill this woman and then at another point i was like "Mm, maybe he won't kill this woman (laughs) and so but then again i like i said i thought she would like shoot the deuces as soon as you know he got to the destination but she stuck around and that's that so um now we have him with the ruby and um that's all i remember so if something else happened i'm i'm frustrated that i don't remember it but i think that's it so that's what i got for this episode it kept me on my toes uh especially the 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 woman and john scene because that one was really really (laughs) i just i could not make heads or tell on how it was going to turn out again until halfway through it and i'm like maybe he's not gonna kill her he seems to be but yeah on yeah my son just walked in i don't know if you heard the door knock but i forgot my train of thought and i'm not gonna try to get it back so on that note until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch chai thank you dears for your thoughts on the episode um not too much to add i i like that you got a kick out of the whole (laughs) rosemary john ride uh mainly because you just didn't know how it was gonna go um as far as the hell storyline uh two things one i forgot to mention that matthew said do you need to believe in hell to get to hell and he left that very ambiguous he's like did you believe in hell when you were a human he's like yeah and that's how they left it (laughs) and in any in if you think about it we all even if we don't concretely believe in hell we have the idea of hell 
enough of that uh or a, a concept of hell of a place being hell that maybe that's enough and lastly i think that mimi is right um that you do see these uh supernatural beings in the image that you would expect to see them in more naturally and that would likely explain why she sees kaiku morpheus lord of dreams and his so many other titles and names as she saw him in the light that she saw him uh which in the first peoples we know were all uh black people <laughs> uh dark-skinned people was until people started going uh, uh up above the equator or east that their features started to change but i think we can all agree that uh well rational people can agree that humanity started off very much in uh in the guise of the black or african uh image so with that we're gonna wrap up the podcast uh if you want to send feedback once again blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below if you don't want to listen to spoilers this is your chance to dip out now and let's get to it spoilers 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 so first part i wanted to talk about was the john d rosemary storyline uh i find it funny that Chai was on her end of the sea because it definitely didn't end as it did in the book unfortunately rosemary did meet her demise by the hands of john d i don't think the dog was in the car uh she very much knew she was a kidnapped victim early on it wasn't some good samaritan type of situation he pretty much held her hostage uh and then went through a series of conversations with her in which she uh ended up still being murdered before he makes his way to a particular diner Uh, the other part of the story that changed is it wasn't lucifer that challenged uh or that stood in that challenge it was crowzone and and morpheus one-on-one i think changing lucifer puts a little bit more of a personal vendetta against the lord of dreams and uh the fact that there seemed to be the absence of one particular sibling not mentioned destiny that's who they mentioned instead of desire so i think that that was a nod to those that had read the book that are aware of the future storylines going forward so uh that's one of the huge bigger changes but everything else in this episode was a hundred percent uh fully almost word for word scene for scene moment by moment of the book the last bit we could talk about is kaku uh, as stated uh the lord of dreams have had several women uh but nada is uh pretty much the love of his life he meets her and they instantly fall in love he wants her to marry him and join him in the the realm of dreams but she refuses to marry him because her people are suffering or something to that effect uh she refuses to make the sacrifice but she loves him so much that she's torn between 
the love of her people and the love of him and in her sorrow and despair she ends up killing herself and the pain of losing her uh causes him to condemn her soul to hell so that is pretty much the gist of it uh of course there's a lot more in between about the the journey between the two of how they met but it is a love story it is a story that transcends both novels because uh, i do know the ending of this particular arc and it is something that's one of dreams hugest challenges is being able to because that's the huge uh, bit of the lord of dreams is that despite his closest with uh humanity he lacks a lot of humanity and he needs to find that and that begins his journey with the humility the humbling of being in prison being weakened his entire realm being destroyed uh, then having to go on to this journey of retrieving so he's put to the test mentally and physically uh, there's some other things that are going to happen next episode i believe that also fill in parts of that journey to get him to the point where it is very important about um how he reconciles uh the loss of of nada's love the sacrifice that she made uh or the decision that she made which robbed him of a life with her and it's one he he never understood it could get over it's just uh it hurts too damn much so that is going to be the wrap up of spoilers once again if you have any thoughts feedback so on and etc you know what to do until next time peace hair grease and black or magic